good afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen we are back on the podcast with the ultimate return to football football is back kinda as we said in our last pod and uh i'm joined here of course today by my friend rian to talk a little bit about a little bit about football coming back and generally just how how life has been without it i'm like you guys can't see me but my hands are on my head because like i really I really forgot what it was like to watch football on a regular basis. Like I really did. Like I forgot what watching Messi looked like. I forgot what watching all these great players look like. And I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm really excited to actually see live sports again. Like that is going to seriously like change. I think a lot of things mentally for, for a lot of people, myself included, but Rian, it's going on week. Let me think about this. I think I want to say like week 10 of quarantine, I think. Um, is it 10 maybe maybe 10 maybe 9 or 10. I feel like 9 or 10 I think 9 or 10 one of the two I mean I don't even know what day it is so it's it might be like the end of, we might be either. we might be ending week 9 right now or so, I think possibly yeah. probably but, actually yeah um but yeah no I think I I share your sentiments with um well, the, the Bundesliga coming back and I guess sports in general coming back uh, this weekend It'll like give me some, give me a reason or uh, more of a more of a purpose for getting up early on on Saturdays. Because right now I've been getting up early, like trying to exercise and stuff. But and, but usually I would have been usually I would have had like soccer to watch and and then maybe exercise <laughs> afterwards. But now like I do the exercise. Now you do neither. Like, <laughs> I want. And I'm like, I where is like I need something else to do. I'm just bored as hell afterwards. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I wake up on Saturdays. I like I, I'll read a book. You know, I'll watch Netflix. I'll I'll do a bunch of other you know hobbies and stuff like that. But it's there's there's something extremely fulfilling about watching football on a regular basis. And I, we're getting it back. I'm I'm happy. It's the Bundesliga. It's it's something that we can really entertain ourselves with. And um, I don't know. I'm I'm really I'm just genuinely excited. Like for the first time in a while to to watch soccer. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think we're we're both staying well, staying healthy um, for the for the most part. At least I think so. <laughs> I don't know. You t- you tell me if that's that's different because I, you have not told me otherwise. Uh, I mean, a couple. A, I mean, there are a couple of things like health wise. I think I'm feeling physically pretty fine. Um, I actually went. I went to take. I actually went to take an antibody test last night, and I'm waiting to hear back my right. results. Yeah, yeah. So I'm waiting to hear back my results on that. But. Um, like, oh my gosh! I so I tried to get these shoes sent, like just ordered to me. I bought, I, I got tried to get these shoes ordered to me, and UPS can literally go to hell. Like, and they can literally <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> they, what did UPS so, ever do to you? So they came and they tried to they tried to deliver the package. Um, my apartment, as I think Ellie's would know, uh, I can't buzz people up because. Uh, long story short, Jared Kushner owns my my um, <laughs> my apartment, but the, the, owns the company that owns my apartment. So you know, not to get too that, that's a long story short of why I, why I, why it does, I don't have a buzzer that works in my apartment building or in my actual apartment. Anyway, UPS tries to deliver this package. They put that stupid fucking info notice shit on my on my um, 
door. Like, on the, on the naturally, <laughs> like naturally, I can't come and I don't know when you're coming to deliver this shit because my buzzer doesn't work and I don't know when you're here. So, you know, these really aren't helping me. <laughs> like you coming and putting these notices doesn't help. So um, I write on the notice after the second day, I write on the notice, call this number when you deliver it and put it back, put it like on the front door of like my building or whatever. And today they try to, to deliver again. And lo and behold, um, that note, that note that I put gone. And I have a new note <laughs> saying uh, we tried and uh, this was our final attempt. And we're resending this back to your set to the sender. Uh, so which now oh my I was God. like, what? I was like, you know, that's a bit weird because no one told me that there was going to, it was three attempts and then they're out. And then I see the fine print on the back of the notice saying, Oh, we may do up to three attempts. And so lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. UBS. You guys are just doing great. Doing great. I'm very happy to hear that um, the U S postal, U.S. postal office might be going bankrupt and you're going to take over some of these deliveries. I'm, I just sound fantastic. <laughs> I love, love capitalism. Great. Um, so that's how I'm doing health-wise. <laughs> yeah, so it's fair to say you're doing great. That's that's what I really took away from it. I think I think you'll you're fine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's terrible. That's actually brutal. I would hate to go through something like that. I've definitely had those type of experiences, but like I'm lucky enough right now to be to be back home where I, I get someone to ring the doorbell and then drop it off, and then I don't have to actually deal with it until I want to wipe down the package and everything. So yeah, that's why I got out of New York, but. Uh, but hey, oh, right. that's, that's just me. why. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I got out of New York for multiple different reasons, not to get my packages. That's that's one of many. No, but finally, uh, finally, I'm happy that we finally know why Elias left. It wasn't because uh, he <laughs> totally had COVID and may or may not have led to. He may or may not have been patient zero. So we're we're still okay. A bit fuzzy oh that. my god. But, I was not patient zero. There was, I will claim there was one confirmed case in New York the day I got back in New York from, uh, from my trip from Seattle, which is where I more than likely got it. I can only imagine how much time Elliot spent researching to, to make sure that he wasn't patient zero. So that's, that's all I needed. That's all, that's all that was needed, that Elliot took the time out of his day to actually probably look it up. Does this, does this like bring you joy? Are you happy that I'm, I'm being pegged as patient zero by you? Uh, does, this, does this fulfill you? Well, I mean, it hasn't been proven yet, so. I'm, I'm done with this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Don't make me rage quit. <laughs> do, you, do you ever want to talk about football? Yeah, yeah, why not? You also, I might as well add, might join me in the COVID, COVID group. So <laughs> we got to see what your antibody test says. Yeah, possibly, but at least I'll know that I was asymptomatic. So a victory, honestly, <laughs> a physical victory just <laughs> means that my... That I have a superior immune system, really, but sure. All right. Well, okay. We're gonna talk about football now. This is ridiculous. All right. All right. We're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on in Europe. We'll we'll start with a brief update from our last podcast where we went over some of the European updates of, of all the leagues and when they're aiming to restart by. So Rian, do you want to start off in the in the Premier League? It's where we left last really left it off, I guess, outside of the you know Belarusian league, but Let's let's start off in the Premier League. Where's where's Boris Johnson at with uh with reopening? Oh well, uh, Boris Boris would love to see football come back. Is 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 the uh, is is actually one of the things that will get that I'll get into here. But 
pretty much update from on the Premier League side. They had another nice little um, group Skype call this past Monday where, again, main topic was around the neutral venues today where there is a lot of um, contests between the clubs in, in terms of, you know, a lot of them actually don't want it. So um, that is the biggest stumbling block right now. You know, it was thought before that it was just the bottom six clubs who really didn't want the neutral venues and stuff. But um, by this call, by by this past Monday, it was reported that 14 clubs were opposed to the neutral venue idea, which included Arsenal and Tottenham and Chelsea. Uh, this is all this is all reports. But, you know, why, I don't even see why someone would lie about that about that particular thing unless it was the bottom six clubs putting these reports out <laughs> secretly but, but, <laughs> but i guess there is that <laughs> um but the main reasons for like this majority opposition or supposed majority opposition you know it's again all around money right like like we talk like that's that's the reason right um there's an extra two and a half million pounds for each place for in terms of in prize money depending on the place that you're in, you know, between like, between even like 10th and 11th, extra two and a half million pounds. And then there's the other commercial impact in terms of when like playing at these neutrals can have an effect on clubs who have naming rights on their, on their stadiums. Like it, it could potentially affect the cash flow from in that sense. Right. And, and, um, and one of the things too, apparently, apparently, the, the clubs are like, oh, be- basically, because Germany and Spain aren't doing neutral venues, it is also part of their their reason for opposing it. So, whatever. But to what you to what you were saying at the beginning, the English government and Boris, they want football to return. They want it to lift national morale <laughs> and promote a sense of returning back to normality. I mean, sure, I'd love it too. I'd love, I'd love it to lift national morale <laughs> and get back to normal. I don't know if um, playing, having sports go on when, um, you know, the, your country is not dealing with a pandemic very well um, is the best way to promote normality, but go off King. Um, I digress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in, in any sense, um, England, English government wants it to return. They, they've said, as early as June first, they would allow the, um, sports are able to come back in England or in, U, in the UK. Uh, obviously, the Premier League is not coming back June first, so uh, let's just dispel that now. But um, <laughs> but uh, the you know overarching thing that the English FA have made it very clear that they will not ratify any attempt to um, come up with a plan of ending the season that includes no promotion or relegation. They've said they will not ratify it. So we're not nulling and voiding the season. That's not happening. That's, that's absolutely not happening for England. Um, maybe won't, maybe they won't physically finish the season, but in any case, they will not be voiding it. So Liverpool fans, you guys are going to so, get your, your title. Like that's, that, that's the big thing there. That, I mean, that's an interesting point. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but the interesting point is I, I think they pigeonholed themselves a little bit in saying that they're not going to, you know, essentially void the season. Like you're, you're, we don't know what the pandemic is going to hold, right? We, we just don't know what the next several months are going to look like. So in the event that they aren't physically able to operationally get back to, you know, playing football, like neutral ground or not, they've pigeonholed themselves into a, a position where they have to, they have to give 
you know, winners and losers medals, essentially, right? Metaphorically. So I don't know if that's, that was the best move, honestly. Yeah, it's, I think it's, I think it's very hard for any, for any of these plans to be the quote unquote perfect plan, right? Because I, I think, I think what England is doing, and I think what most leagues, no, no matter the sport are looking at, are trying to do right now with this situation is come out of this with the least amount of pot of like potential lawsuits <laughs> possible, right? Like if you were, if you were to scrap promotion and relegation, like there's going to be lawsuits. Like it just, that's going to happen. That's absolutely going to happen. If you were to null and void the season, hundred percent. Yeah. There's going to be uh, even more lawsuits <laughs> there for sure. So like it, it's, I, they're just at this point, like I said, a part, part of the money thing is part of the whole, like, the reason they're coming back is money is also like to not have to pay out money like for lawyers and potential lawsuits and all that stuff. So that's, that's always going to be their uh, first, first mode of trying to get this season to start again. So I'll get into just very quickly, you know, what the current um, plan is if the season were to not be fully completed. Right. And they weren't able to fully play out these games on neutral venues or not. So for now, the least hated adaptation, and, and I have to stress least hated, is the points per game model. Uh, specifically, it's their ch- the choice would be between this is and again this is coming from a Premier League executive, uh, um, the, actually the head, one of the chief executives of the Premier League, and he, he said this much to um, athletic reporters, the uh, reporters on theAthletic.com. So. The choices between standard points per game model, which is just, you know, whatever, divide the amount of points by the um, amount of games played, and then pretty much prorate that to 38 games, right? Choices between that and a weighted points per game model, which is one where it recognizes that, which one that supposedly is supposed to recognize that teams are more likely to win home matches than away matches, Um Pretty much the weighted points per game calculates each team's points per game in home and away matches. Uh, so, you know, separate calculations for home and away. And then uh, multiply those numbers by 19 and add it together to come up to the 38 game, whatever total there. Um, it's apparently starting to gain momentum for deciding League One and League Two, which have already canceled their seasons. Um, the championship at League One and League Two, by the way, it, tiers three and four for England for those who may not know. But um, the championship and the Premier League, which are the top two tiers of the of the football pyramid for them, is still plan on going ahead. They're 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 plan on going ahead and trying to play the season out. Um, but anyway, to end it all here, um, no matter what season played out or not. Sky Sports and other broadcasters are asking for about 30, 340 million pounds from the Premier League. Are you serious? Season played out, season season canceled or not? Which, what? which, it, it, which, which, in the article states specifically, came as a surprise to most clubs <laughs> because naturally, it, it, a lot of them were thought that you know it's like. Obviously, we're only coming back to get the money, right? <laughs> and it's not getting all the money. So, um, and the reason is because the reason that this is such a hang up 
um, for Premier League, especially, and like when we get to uh, Germany, I'll mention like the big difference there is that in Premier League they get the money up front from broadcasters. It's not how it's done in every league. So that is what makes has been making this so difficult in terms of um, broadcasting rights or money from broadcasting rights. So all in all, the plan is still to try to resume matches by June twelfth. Uh, after a mini preseason that right now is slated to start in uh, four days on Monday. So that is supposedly still the plan. Um, so no. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, again, I, they want to get three weeks. I highly doubt they'll end up getting three weeks of preseason um, un- unless they're willing to push the season back um, in terms of start, like end of June maybe, but then they're going to run into problems with the fact that the Champions League and Europa League are supposed to come back in August, um, that is what UEFA's plan is. So we shall see. And an update on the testing, it is now, I know before I said that it was slated to be a Dutch firm getting tests, and now it's, now it's supposed to be um, a genetic testing firm in Hong Kong that is slated to provide 40,000 tests for two tests a week. That's it for England. Um, it's still a mess, pretty much. It's still not a clear plan. This has still not been fully ratified by League Managers Association at, or the uh, Players Football Association. So the players and the managers have not all have not ratified any of this yet. So, so they haven't really been consulted nearly enough, obviously. And, and I think the Premier League's trying to get them their advice or you know their thoughts more but um time is running out basically yeah so tldr no new update (laughs) it's still just just as messy as it was in a way no real updates but yeah (laughs) obviously the big note the big thing i think the biggest thing here (laughs) i think is the fact that you know these broadcasters are asking for almost four almost uh, 350 million pounds it's 340 million pounds but like they're still asking for the money and so the teams are still there's still going to be a financial hit a pretty massive financial hit i just yeah i'm i'm struggling to understand how this is really only a problem in england i feel like there's something i'm missing but what do i know anyway sheesh that is that is messy okay i let's take a step back from england for a second in other areas around the continent, I guess we'll start. Spain is still slated to go back in uh, sometime in the middle of June. The, the The start date is just a little bit up in the air. That's really the only update in terms of whether it's, um, I think it's June 12th or June 19th. Um, of course, I think La Liga wants it to be as early as possible. Whereas um, I think the players are erring on the side of caution because, you know, there's a family aspect, right? There's a human aspect to it. So that that's really the only new update. Um, other than that, training is resumed. Uh, we've seen a lot of pictures of, of players training, of them really getting in good work. And I haven't heard too much in the way of injuries coming out of Spain other than um, really one from, from Barcelona, and that was from TT um, picking up a small injury. So, yeah, other than that, and things are going pretty, pretty smooth. <laughs> like, I don't know why England can't get their shit together, but, that, yeah, things are going great. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, they're just a soap opera right now in England. Um, and I think the only other update I have 
for Italy is that they are they have kind of um, set June thirteenth as their as their date of they're hoping to return. So that's the only thing new in Italy. But yeah, we still got we've still got a while before <laughs> we've got multiple leagues playing at once. Yeah, it's going to be a while, but we're getting there. We're on the path. I think that's that's the key. So exciting stuff. So why don't we go ahead and and move on to um. I guess the purpose of the, of the podcast, which was talking a little bit about the league that's actually returning in a time or at least time of recording. It's two days. So Rian, Bundesliga table. Give me that refresher. Where are we at? What's still up for right? Let's European spots, a little bit about relegation. So give, give me the lowdown. Yeah, of course. Of course. Dude. So we're back in Germany here, right? They've, Played just a refresher. They played 25 games before the um, season was cut short or suspended, I should say. Um, 25 games. Each team ha- has nine games left. They go to 34 in Germany. And where else do you start when you talk about the Bundesliga? Where else than Bayern, than as they are affectionately known, FC Hollywood? Um, the biggest team in the the biggest team in the country. Um, they just barely won the league last year by one point over Dortmund, which which uh, I will, we will get into a little bit how heartbreaking that kind of was for Dortmund. Um, but they win the league last season. They do the double um, in German in the domestic league and domestic cup with Nico Kovac, and uh, just about. Four months into this season, Niko Kovac is fired after a double in his first season with Bayern. And I think the best quote to kind of explain how, not how crazy that is, or how, or at least how unsurprising that um, when Kovac was fired, or unsurprising that a manager winning the double for Bayern and getting fired four months later is not, is not outrageously crazy. Um, I mean, it used to be super normal at Chelsea, I mean. That's neither here nor don't, there. Don't draw a parallel. Neither here don't. nor there. Neither here nor there. Correct. I agree. Um, but the best quote to explain all of this comes from Thomas Muller, who has said once before, uh, for talking about Bayern in general, we win to be left alone. That is the standard at Bayern. <laughs> it's winning is it's the standard. It's it's they're they're expected to win, but they're also they have to win, and and it's the kind of aura around um you know how the fans look at them and how the board the executive board how the you know it's just it's it's in it's just a part of uh the moral principles yeah i didn't want to say in their blood (laughs) (laughs) i was really fighting myself to say that but um but no so but this season like i said a bit more rocky the first four months were pretty rocky they were in seventh place after 14 games uh and didn't they were in first once in um, after six games and then didn't get back into first place until uh, game week twenty. So wait, they were in. Wait, did I hear that right? They were in first after six games and in seventh after seven. Fourteen games. after fourteen. Oh oh oh. Okay, after fourteen. Never mind. I thought it was after <laughs> seven. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty. Early. That would be pretty early in the season. I actually could see that if they're. Seems pretty bunched up. Maybe, but one to seven is pretty yeah, yeah. rash. <laughs> but, but um, 
So anyway, like I said, so Nico Kovac fired in November and is replaced by Hansi Flick, um, who who replaces who takes over in December. And that turned Bayern's season around. I mean, like they they have um been a different team since then. They've only lost twice um in the almost four months, first four months of uh of Hansi Flick. And and I do not think it's an old gunner kind of situation here. I think we can pretty safely say these players are much better than the than than that smoke and mirrors act we saw for like <laughs> two and a half months in in, in uh in Ole's first like ten games as as uh, or first two and a half months as uh, United manager. I can safely say that this Bayern team is a bit more for real than um <laughs> than than the one that saw Daniel James upgrade. <laughs> You're drawing parallels that like don't even have to be made. It's just it's just rude at this point. No, yeah, you're right. I agree. Very rude, but you know. It, um, but neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. I, I agree. I agree. There, there's a parallel to be made in one in one aspect. So I'm gonna make it. But uh, in any case, Bayern sitting in first, 55 points. They've been in first since uh, game week 20, and um, they're still the heavy favorites. But they've got a familiar foe uh, sitting. Just four points behind them. Hoffenheim's in second. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. I had to. But yes. Yeah, so so Dorman, of course, are in second place. Hot on the heels again. It, it feels like kind of a repeat of last year in a way, except for Bayern are, or sorry, I would say overall Bayern are probably. I think I, Bayern are in a better position or a better. They're, they're in a better position, but I don't know if they are as consistent or as good as they were last season like last season last season i feel like Bayern. excuse me they they had their ups and downs like every team does during the season they had a lot last season in the league at least they i mean i think it's different i, I would say it's different from last season because last season it was a real choke job from Dortmund. I, it was a legit choke yeah, job. Yeah, they were that's, sitting, that's they were fair. sitting. They were sitting first at Christmas oh, last season, and only to defend like children in the last like two and a half months of the season, and lo- <laughs> like lose games late, late on, like to the point where uh, I think we had talked about it last summer. Like Marco, like Marco Royce came out in the, at sometime close to the end of that season, saying like this shit has to, like we have to fix this shit. We keep, yeah, we, we keep yeah. screwing up these games at the end. And ultimately, they end up losing the league by one point last season. <laughs> and yeah, you know, uh, but after all that, you know, they unlike Bayern, they did not they did not fire their manager Lucien Favre. Um, they this season they sit four points off of first with fifty one points. Um, and in two weeks, they face Bayern at home. No fan, so that home advantage is. That is a home advantage they're going to miss. Like that's that's going to miss that. Yeah, the twelfth Especially man doesn't really exist in such a big game too. And I think in two weeks, that's a big, uh, not a title decider, I would say. Um, but that that's going to have. Well, I a, don't know. I don't know. It could potentially could be. I would, say not, on... a de- I would say not a decider because they'll still have um, a handful of games left for the season. Um, but it'll be a big. It'll be a big jolt in terms of you know they could potentially take over first in that game if Bayern were to drop points in the next two weeks. So um, that's a big game. And that's going to be – it's going to be massively affected by no fans. And, and I think we're going to see, um, as we get on to, to 
their match with Schalke this weekend. Um, we'll probably talk a bit more about how much that atmosphere is going to be missed for Dortmund. Yeah, no, I, th- I, I think that's like a very underrated part. Like that is such an important part of the way that Dortmund play. Honestly, a part of me worries of, about how that will affect the rest of the season, right? Not even just this specific game against Bayern. Like the season that they have coming up, I think it's what, nine games remaining for throughout the Bundesliga season. Um, and I believe four, I want to say four of those are at home for Dortmund. I, I want to say, don't quote me on that. So four of those games are left without a like advantage. Like it, it's just gone. So you're essentially playing on, you know, not neutral grounds, but you know what I mean? So how do those four, I think the, the results of those four games are going to be obviously key. I mean, it's, it goes without saying, but even more so now without fans. Especially for a team that's so reliant on a lot of young talent, too, who are not quite experienced in... I mean, obviously, the players who were on the team last year are experienced in terms of, I guess, being in a title, in a real, like, title race. But, you know, like, uh, there's Erling Holland, there's... You have Hakimi, you have... I mean, Sancho was on the team last year, but he's still very young. Um, they're still... Obviously, they have leaders, in a sense. They have Hummels and Axel Witzel in the team. Um, but those younger players who, who are there, who are the kind of the lifeblood of their attack, you know, Thorgan hazard as well. Um, no atmosphere, I think is going to have a biggest, the biggest um, effect on, on the younger players, honestly, because they're, they, I mean, maybe they are used to it because if you're coming straight from like the youth team, you have, you don't play in front of a massive crowd and stuff too, but they played the entire season in front of big crowds and stuff. So it's, it's going to be a real mental test, I think, for the for especially the Dortmund attack, which is very very young. Yeah, that's a good point too. I mean, we're we're going to go into the preview in a little bit. <laughs> Talk about lineups. You'll see, you'll see exactly who's going to be playing on Saturday. It's it's different. But why don't we go ahead and, and shift towards the rest of the Bundesliga table, or, or I guess the rest of the spots in the in the European spots, and uh, and then we'll go ahead and take a quick break because I need to get some water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, in third place, just one point behind Dorman. I should say they, they still are in a shout, what we can call it a three-team or even four-team race, honestly, because uh, uh, Bruce and Gladbach are sitting in fourth um, at 49 points, six points off of first. Um, so we shouldn't discredit those two teams as also being, you know, if, if Bayern and Dorman were to slip up for the next in the next few weeks, which is... Totally possible now because this is a, not a normal nine next nine games, next eight to nine weeks or nine to ten weeks, right? So I think there's a possibility for a major slip up by by big teams. But but uh, Leipzig's led by Julian Nagelsmann, who we've talked about before in his in his first season with Leipzig. He your husband. L- yeah. <laughs> all right all right buddy i'll remember that um, <laughs> um anyway in his oh first God. season with leipzig uh done wonderful job uh leipzig did spend a lot of the first half of the season first four and a half months trading weeks in first place with uh bruce Timmer and gladbach um but now they're sitting in third with 50 points yeah they i the way i would Try to um, who are not super familiar with Leipzig. If you remember at all the Monaco team from 2016, 2017, I think you'll get a lot of the same vibes with this team. A lot of young talent, a lot of really good young talent who 
probably will look back the same that we look back at that Monaco team. We'll look back three to four years later on and be like, wow, these guys all went to these great, all went to like great clubs and still and had very good careers afterwards. And that you'll look back. That's actually kind of an iconic team. Um, for for Leipzig, those players that I'll point out, you know, in the four on the forward line, you've got obviously Timo Werner, we've talked about before, you know, young superstar. Um, for who's German German striker, Liverpool striker, probably yeah yeah if you, yeah probably honestly that's something that we could talk about <laughs> once the seasons are ever finished maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but also on top you've got you know, Patrick Schick who's on loan from Roma, who's had a very good season for, for Leipzig, as well as Christopher Nkunku, Nkunku, who is, I think, not a very well-known, not a very well-known player outside, uh, outside of like, obviously the leagues that we follow very well, but, uh, but he's very, really good, really good player has, if people get a chance, he scores some really nice goals. So um, that's our forwards in, in midfield. You've got Marcel Zabitzer, who, Destroyed Tottenham in in Champions League right before everything got suspended. Um, got Limer, you've got Tyler Adams, who obviously we talked about the U.S. international, and then in the back you got Konate and the much much um, talked about uh, Dio Upamecano, who I think many people expect to be leaving Leipzig after the season as well. To, to where who knows, but he'll, he'll definitely be another one who's going to go to a massive club. Um, yeah, as of that, there's. I'll just highlight a couple managers too, just so because there are there are some decent managers in in Bundesliga. Obviously, they're not they're not as known worldwide because it's not the Premier League, but or, <laughs> but the teams are just not this not the same notoriety there. But at Gladbach, Marco you got Marco Rose, um, who has been coaching uh, Gladbach, and they led the league. They led the league for two straight months during the first half of the season. So, and they're still, they're sitting pretty in fourth place, um, two points up on Leverkusen. That's really their, their main rival right now for fourth place. So wonderful job being done there at Schalke, who will get onto their manager, a U.S. international, David Wagner, um, who was the former Huddersfield manager uh, for Premier League fans. And then at uh, Bayer Leverkusen, the former Ajax manager and also former Dortmund manager for about, I think only two seasons, um, Peter Bosch, who, if you will remember, he was the manager for Ajax when they uh, played Manchester United in the Europa League. I think it was three years ago, two, two or three years ago. Um, so got that. And obviously at Leverkusen, there's the prodigy Kai Havertz there too. So well, I'm sure we will talk about him at some point in the next few weeks. So, uh, that's it for the, your refresher on where the Bundesliga is at. Um, I I think Elias, you might be ready to get some water. If there's anything else I'm missing there, you have any other any other comments to add in there? Nothing comes to mind right now. Um, I'm thinking about that water. Yeah, I definitely need that. But yeah, I think I think we're good on the refresher. When we get when we come back, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump right into the preview of Dortmund Schalke. Just some players to watch. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after I've gotten my water, and my water actually turned out to be cat pee that I was smelling in my room. So 
I wanted to double check that. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. So just just so we have it clear and on the record here, Elias instead of going to drink water, he went to actually drink cat pee that he found um, next to him. That's is what he just said. I'm, that's that's <laughs> not okay. That's not what I said. I mean, this is clearly your payback for my Nagelsman comment earlier, but that was pretty bad, so. You used up that credit. I'm not giving no, you that's that. That's not even. That's that's not. That's that. That'll come another time. Don't worry about it. But all right. Okay. All right. We'll see about that. All right. Well, do you want to talk about um the game that we're both going to watch this weekend, the Dortmund Schalke game, Saturday, nine thirty a.m. Eastern time? Yes. Yeah. Of course. Um, it's a pretty big game to have come back as we can both recognize there, right? <laughs> yeah. um, to I mean, have do, be the you... one of the first back. Do you remember, I was going to say, um, I forget if it was two years ago, a year ago, the 4-4? Yes, yes. I, I was actually, I was trying to find the highlights of that recently, actually. That, that's so that funny. Was I, was, I was trying to find the, I was trying to find the highlights for that recently. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I was watching that game with my dad, specifically. I remember that, and, and I, f- I forget when all those goals started to go, and I think it was later in the second half. Um, and my dad and I were watching and we were like, all right, it's like one, one or something. It's like, we'll, we'll, I don't know, switch channels for like five minutes. We switch channels and we go back and it's like three, two. And we're like, what, (laughs) what just happened? Like, are you kidding me? So yeah, it was, um, that was one of the, I think this isn't, I think over exaggerating one of the, probably one of the best games I've watched in the last couple of years, truly. Yeah, and, and that's what you can kind of expect from a lot of, I think from a lot of Dortmund games in general, they they lead the league this season with average goals in the in games um, at 4.04. So that's, you know, take with that as you will. But um, this is a massive game to have come back during the first weekend. So massive that there were some rumors about moving this game to later in, in this kind of restart um, schedule because some people were worried that, when you have like a game between, which is, as I'll get into, like this is arguably the biggest rivalry um, game in Germany, like in terms of like how old it is and and uh, prestige and whatnot. But um, there was a fear that fans would congregate, and fans might congregate outside of um, outside of the Dortmund Stadium or in outside of like a plot, like local plazas or whatever. But um, the team supporters or head supporters or whatever, chairman of their supporters, have kind of tried, have quelled all those fears. They, they, they said they're in very close contact with all their support, with a lot of their supporters and stuff. And, and there's and there's an agreement to not. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, obviously. But like I said, I do think is, that people will follow that, though. I think we're I think we're kind of at the point where this is a very real thing for for everybody. And, and I don't want to go back on this, but that like. I think there was a fear that when Liverpool win the league, that Liverpool fans would do that. But like at the same time, like I think Liverpool fans understand, like, like while it is an absolutely monumental occasion, I think people, some people will still go out. It's not going to be, you know what I mean? It's not going to be a parade like there was for the champions league last season, but sorry, continue. All right. No, of course. Of course. And, and um, yeah, it, it's, it's a much different thing in Germany. Like, like they, they're obviously in a different stage of their response to the, to the virus as well too. So, you know, they've 
This has been one of the last things to kind of come back, right? So, so uh, you, the hope is at this point, people know, people, people know um, the consequences of, of doing something that reckless. So, anyway, like I said, one of the best um, rivalries probably in Europe, the as known the Revier the Revier Derby, um, which is the name for any match between two clubs in the Ruhr region of Germany, which is in in German, the Ruhr Ruhr is uh, Revier. There you go. They're separated by 27 and a half kilometers. Elias, do you have any idea what that is in, uh, do you have any guess to what that is in miles? And it's, it's about 14 miles. I'm guessing, uh, 17, you're not, not, not too far off, buddy, but, uh, <laughs> but, but anyways, just about 17 miles away from each other. There have been 155 total meetings between Dortmund and Schalke. Schalke leads all time. Um, Meetings with uh, 60 wins and 52 losses, 43 draws. But Dortmund leads the series in the Bundesliga uh, with 33 wins, 30 draws, 32 losses. The first meeting coming, going all the way back in 1925. So this is the 95th, am I right? 95th anniversary? That sounds about right. 95th anniversary of, of this. Uh, Your of math and history is correct. Um, but hey, so to. Fast forwarding way, way, way farther in the future. Um, this match last season at Dortmund came on April 27th. Just about three to f- three weeks left in the season, or uh, three games left in the season. And Dortmund are leading the league by a point at this point. And from this game... End up having two people sent off um, after going up two one in this game. So they go up two one at the end of, at the end of the first half, and then you have Marco Royce get sent off, and um, and a midfielder for Dortmund also get, get sent off. Both straight reds, both straight red cards, and they're down to nine men, and they end up losing that game four two at home, which is an it absolutely fucks their title chances. They end up finishing second. Like I said before, losing the league by one point to Bayern, and oh man, the, the, I mean the the joy that must have come from um, Schalke fans <laughs> knowing that knowing that they had such a, a dent in, um, for Dortmund in their pursuit to uh, win the title like that that must have been that must have felt absolutely fantastic um, for them. But uh, that 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 is one of the monumental. Results from the end of last season for Dortmund, and where I, one of the ones where I said that they defend like children. But although in this one, obviously they were down to nine men, but capitulated like children. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that was wow. That was really wild experience. I think I'm honestly forgetting how crazy the end of last season was in the Bundesliga. Like I, I, I genuinely think I forgot like how like the race to the finish was very unclear to the very end and it's like coming back to me as we're talking through it and it's very possible that we see something like that again this season but yeah that was wow i i, I wow i just i guess i just genuinely forgot it i, I, I yeah i completely forgot yeah. it and so looking ahead for this weekend um you know shock have been hovering around fourth for most of the first half of the, for the first half of the season but now they sit 12 points off fourth they've the when the season came back at the beginning of 2020, um, from then up until the suspension of the season, they they were pretty 
pretty mediocre and they fell down to six and now they're fighting for that Europa League spot in sixth place. Um, they're sitting in sixth place fighting with uh, Wolfsburg and Freiburg and Hoffenheim who are all within two points of them. So they, they have something to play for for the end of the season here too. Um, just generally, they haven't won they haven't won a game since mid-January. And granted, yes, that seems much longer now because of two months have just been in like the uh, fucking abyss basically but (laughs) (laughs) but even so even so up until the suspension of the league in mid-march that's a pretty pretty tough looking record there um but if there's anything for Schalke fans you know the the last eight meetings between Schalke and Dortmund you know they've only lost once and they've only won two games the rest have been draws so that could also that might also kind of tell you where this (laughs) game this game might this game might might be heading this weekend right um yeah, uh, I guess. And then to Elisa, would you like to go on to the Dortmund side here? Give us a little uh, update on, on how hobbled they are coming into this game. Oh, my God. I Yeah. So I I knew that um, and I had read and heard that Marco Royce was not going to be a part of the squad for this game just due to injury, um, which unfortunately is somewhat of a theme of of his career on and off, but I didn't, I didn't realize like the whole starting lineup was also joining him on like the supporters benches. Like it, <laughs> it just, I was going through solidarity, the solidarity brother. <laughs> yeah. Literally in solidarity. Like I was going through the names on the team sheet to go through the injury reports. And I'm like, these players weren't injured before the quarantine. Like the only person that I remember being distinctly injured was Jane Sancho. Right. He he picked up, I believe it was a muscle injury. Um, but now he's now he's, I guess, regaining fit. OK, right. it was a whole confusing thing that went century report. But let me go through the names for you that are out for this weekend's clash with Schalke. Marco Royce, of course, like I mentioned, then <laughs> Jaden Sancho, then Zagadu, Axel Witzel, Emre Chan, Akimi, Akanji. Mario Goza and Schmelzer, all who are out due to largely muscular uh, injuries. Sean and Witzel being out basically means that the Dortmund are, are going to give up at least probably two goals this weekend. Like, that's almost, <laughs> they're that's they're almost usually like giving up it. one to two. Yeah, so this means that they're giving up certainly two. But th- that's that's crazy to me. Like that's can you imagine if Chelsea had Conte, Jorginho? Um, Giroud, Pedro, and just, you know, for shits and giggles, um, Callum Hudson-Odoi out. That's literally, like, that's the equivalent of what's happening at Dortmund. So they're absolutely ravaged with injuries. Um, And the interesting part, I think, is that these injuries, some of them, some of them really propped up in training more than recently. And that, I think, is, is a worrying sign for, maybe other leagues about how they actually return to training because apparently returning to training just normally as it was, is not the way to go with your, you know, your physical body. Um, I'm not a nutritionist. I am not a physical therapist. I am not a trainer, but I can tell you that if you don't properly work out over the course of two months and then you go back to training like a professional athlete, probably not the best thing <laughs> for your muscles. That's just, I mean, I don't know. That's just me. So, but yeah, doctor though, so why should I listen to you? I have people on Twitter. <laughs> oh, 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 you, yeah, you definitely have mental health issues if you've been on Twitter looking at that kind of stuff. So, okay. 
Um, not to disparage anyone with mental health issues. That is not the point. Right, right. right. It's just I get all but, my news on Twitter. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll talk after about this. This, this is ridiculous. Okay, um, but yeah. So, long story short, Dortmund are really without a bare minimum five to seven players within their starting lineup. So this leads us to our next point. We're basically going to see all the youngsters start for Dortmund. And one youngster that I know Rion has been following closely and obviously myself as well, but Rion specifically chose, I believe for his player to watch in a completely unbiased fashion. I, I, I went back on it. I ended up going back. Oh, that's right. He did go back on it. Mm, you're not choosing the American, the Dortmund prodigy, no, not, the not new the Christian Pulisic. All right. No, that's fine. No, yeah, yeah. Be unpatriotic. That's totally fine. Okay. So, so we'll get back to who Rion's actually choosing. And yes, I did that on purpose to roast him. But long story short, rip to Dortmund starting lineup, and and that's part of what I think that Schalke actually have a chance in this game. Yeah, they, they and they do. They've got a great chance, and and I think it. That plus um, the no fans thing, and and I think that's what that's going to be the biggest, the biggest, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, equalizer. I, 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 equalizer. It's okay. I'm not gonna lie. When you said no fans, it took me a second because I heard only fans. But sorry, continue. <laughs> that's uh, why I'm dying laughing. Hmm. hmm interesting. <laughs> uh, all right, Ellis. That's that's where your mind first went. When you heard fans. Wow. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. Continue. No, no. I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't think we need to say anything on it. I think you said it. <laughs> but, uh, but no, this is, this is, uh, this is obviously going to be, I think it's going to be tough. I, I, I think the no fans thing is going to be the biggest problem for Dortmund. And, and, and it's really just a how much will it affect them? Uh, I think that's ultimately mentally, how much is that going to affect them? Because that's the advantage that they have playing in this that wonderful stadium yeah and i think that this is the perfect derby to oh i said derby not derby look at that that changed over time um i think this is the perfect derby to actually experiment not experiment but actually tell if Dortmund can handle that without their fans because they know how much this game means them and how how likely it will to to severely impact their title chances so this is the perfect opportunity i believe for them to actually show that they can hold their own fans or no fans away or home yeah, I mean, this is a test. This is obviously a test for them. And um, I don't know, what, what what are you thinking, Elias? What are you thinking for this? For this, I I am personally, I think lack of match fitness. Um, it's a derby. It's it's gonna it's first game back from restart. Um, it's gonna be tough for both teams, right? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna lean. I'm going to lead towards a draw. Uh, and if I, if I really couldn't sit on the fence, I would probably lean Schalke because I've, I've never seen a team so ravaged as this um, other than a couple of years ago in the champions league that this happened. Uh, but th- that's a mute point. So leaning to a draw. And if I had to choose a team to, to squeak out a win, probably Schalke, regardless of their, their poor form, it's just, it's hard to overcome when you have a majority of your starting lineup out. Like it really, really is. So that's that's my prediction for Saturday. Yeah, um, I I'm personally gonna say I'm siding more on the on a draw. I think I think it's gonna be really tough for these players um, coming back this, this this weekend. I think it's gonna be really tough fitness wise. Granted, we know that there's that. Um, do we know for sure? I believe we know that five five subs will be allowed. Um, I know that. Yeah, this is the first game with that. Right. 
I know that that, that was passed by uh, the referees, the referee, like IFAB, I think is the name of it for like the International Referee kind of association. But uh, so, so that'll be, that'll be something to look forward to this weekend. I think they're going to need these subs. I hope they have it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be, I think it's going to be really tough um, physically, especially in such, in such a, um, especially in such a massive game in terms of like uh, prestige and like, you know, history behind this game. Like there, will they be fully mentally there? For it, and and will both teams be there? And I think it's going to affect the quality and and generally the amount of goals in the game and stuff too. So I'm going with the draw for this. That's a fair prediction. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday morning, and uh, I'm I'm very interested to see how like the flow of the game goes and if the speed changes. Like like what has changed in the game in the last months? Like what I, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows a football back in, in months. So we'll see. Like this is a sprint. This is, a, I think, I think this is more or less a sprint to the end of this season now. Right. And, and where that fitness is going to be lost, like the, the advantages that you could have for being, for being the quote unquote most fit team in the league. Like no one's going to, like if you were the most fit team before, it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Really? Like, cause you've been all in the same training regimen for the last two months, which is your home. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So it's a sprint, and 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 what's going to shine more than anything else is tactical, like acumen, right? Like intelligent players, like discipline, and you know, doing the things that that are more intangible, I guess, right? And and that's where the best managers in the, in the league, in the world, and but specifically in Europe for these next maybe two months, that's where they're going to make their money, really, because that's what's going to be most important now is. Is your team at least tactically like set up well to over to mitigate any like fitness or other mental problems, like you know whatever mental problems in terms of just such a weird situation for the players that they're going to be very uncomfortable with? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, with uh, with the preview kind of wrapped up for for Dortmund Schalke, there are two other games I guess that are kind of on our radar and and those being the Bayern and Leipzig games. Rian, what's what's your brief on those and, and who do you see kind of, you know, either putting the pressure on Bayern in this case or do you think Bayern are, are gonna you know, take a one step further towards the, the league title? What's what are your thoughts? So this week we have um Bayern facing this week we have Bayern facing uh Sorry, I just just make sure this is correct. I'm pronouncing this correctly. Uh, Union Berlin. Uh, it's pronounced. I mean, it's, it's pronounced Union Berlin. It's spelled out Union. Whatever. It's the German. Whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but but we have we have Bayern we have Bayern facing um, Union Berlin um, on Sunday at five. What I believe is five o'clock our time, or sorry, five o'clock their time. So, Elias, uh, do the math on that. Was it two o'clock our time? One o'clock our time, maybe. I, uh, what are you saying? <laughs> what, five, wait, what? The game will be at five o'clock in Germany. Okay, so one o'clock here. One o'clock. Okay, got it. <laughs> this is what it's what was, I have you for. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> telling time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the time differences, obviously, but um, they'll be playing Union Berlin, who are sitting in eleventh place. Uh, so it, not a tra- not not a 
not a necessarily tough test, right? But but all of these games, the first game back for a lot of these will be a massive test. Just I think it's five PM. Five PM Germany. Oh, oh, then it's eleven AM here, not one. You threw me off. Uh, uh, oh, I threw you off. I didn't. I didn't change the time on you. No, I don't know. What, when you said one, I was like anchored to what. Never mind. Continue. I was listening. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So they're playing Union Berlin. Meanwhile, Leipzig face Freiburg, who are sitting in eighth place. Uh, so these are just going to be tough games in general because, again, first game back, and especially for Bayern with the Dortmund match coming up in a couple weeks. Like every game is a must win for for all. I mean for. For any of these teams that are in the title race, it's a must-win now, right? So that's where, that's where we are in terms of team in, the, in terms of the other teams that uh, that you know will be looking at each other's results very very closely. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. I know, I know that sounds like a cliche in some ways that everything every game is a must-win, but it like it truly is. Like there are only nine games left. Like it's, it's, not season, even, it's not right? even yeah, it's not even going to be nine weeks either. There are going to be multiple games per week i think that's the also key part of that so we're only going to see a couple of weeks of games at least in the bundesliga for other leagues start up so this is this is really it yeah this is they have to be each team has to be at 120 percent easily and it's not hard after two months of lacking match fitness so we're going to see how that that plays out um i'm very interested specifically in the the Bayern game i think i i have a feeling that's going to be a little more difficult than most people are probably thinking just because I think everyone's on somewhat of a level playing field right now. And Byron might show through with talent, but this is as level as a playing field as it's going to get in the Bundesliga right now, just in football in general. So that's my my inclination. I'll I'll be interested. I, I agree with you. I'll be interested to see how much the five subs will help the, yes. the big teams because that that is the biggest um i think drawback that we've seen from just you know people's opinions and stuff in terms of this in terms of these five the five subs thing how much of an advantage will that be for the big clubs and we're we're going to start to get an idea of it this weekend um 100 i i will say i personally don't think that reasoning actually is sound but that's we'll get into that uh, yeah i agree yeah yeah we'll, we'll, we're going to get a pretty good sample size over these next few weeks right um, it's yes. just going to be scrappy. I think, I think the theme of this weekend, I think the games will be pretty scrappy. <laughs> like I, I don't expect a lot of goals either. I guess it's hard to say it, it's, it seems like a cop out, but I'm saying I either expect very few goals or a lot of goals because of the defenders are just not, <laughs> sh- not like in good enough shape. So like, it's, it's going to yeah, be one fair. of the two, right? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I guess speaking of specific players, the, the last thing we can wrap up with kind of the player or players slash players to watch from for our own respective ends. And I know you were bouncing around a couple of names that I, I already roasted you for. Um, and, and I have one in mind, but why don't you go ahead and start off? Who's your, who's your player to watch this weekend in the Bundesliga? Right. Yeah. So we're going to try to do this too. Like we're going to have one, Ellie and I will pick one player to watch um, just because obviously we, we don't watch the Bundesliga that much. And I don't think many of our listeners do either. But we're trying to give try to give one player non Dortmund or Bayern, which is which is why I ultimately ended up changing my my pick from from um, Gio Gio Reyna. But for this one, I think Ellis and I actually both end up picking Schalke players. For me, I personally I picked the other American um, that will be involved in this game, 
Because uh, just to start off, just to start off, I gotta gotta show the love, right? Um, I don't always, show, I don't really show love necessarily for the U.S. government all the time, but I will always support the people who wear the U.S. colors for international sports, <laughs> always. Um, but anyway, my that leads me to my <laughs> leads me to my pick, um, which is Weston McKenney, uh, the box to box midfielder for for Schalke. Um, you're going to see, uh, unless there's some late injury, you're going to see him starting this weekend. He starts most, the vast majority of the games for Schalke. He's a, he's a 21-year-old um, U.S. international. He's had 19 caps for the, for the national team. Um, just a funny little background story. He grew up in Texas, spent three years in Germany from the age of six to nine, which is when he discovered that soccer was even like a sport, pretty much, is how he, how he describes <laughs> it. Like he, um, that's how he developed his interest. Uh, ultimately, when you know, like I said, grows up in Texas, came through the FC Dallas system, youth system, which um, in the next few years, I think people will hear more and more about it. That is, that's it is a, lot a great of, youth system. Yeah, it's it's, argu- it's arguably probably the best youth system in the U.S. Um, for the U.S. teams. But um, he joins Schalke in 2016 at 17, makes his first start at 18 in May of 2017, gets his first cap later in 2017 in November. Um, he also holds the record for the fastest hat trick in U.S. history. Uh, that's a funny thing, which was against Cuba in the Nations League last October. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember another game that might have happened in the Nations League for the U.S. Uh, in that same time frame um, that may or may not have been across the border. Uh, are you? What are you doing? <laughs> I, because obviously, when I went back and checked this, I saw that it was also the same week as the Canada game. So. That made me sad for a second, but anyway, he's on pace to make his most the most uh, to reach a career high in appearances for a season for Schalke as well as minutes played in a season. He's going to be a really important player for the U.S. and and I think Schalke for the next few for the next you know, x amount of years. Um, hopefully that while while he stays healthy and stuff. So that's my player to watch for for this weekend, and everyone will get a chance to watch as I hope everyone will be watching the Dortmund Schalke game and just one to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's absolutely a great shout. I mean, I've I've seen him play here and there. I'm going to be honest, I haven't fully seen him play um, too much in the last couple of months. Well, beyond the last couple of months. One thing to um, look out for with him, I think, is he's a great jumper. A great jumper. Like if I think a lot, most of his goals are headers, but he's a great jumper. He's not like he's not that tall. He's like five ten, five eleven. He's not crazy tall, but great jumper. Can out jump a, a lot of players. So really athletic. I should never notice that, so I got to look out for that specifically. So I'll, I mean, I'll be watching the Schalke Dortmund game, so I'll look out for it. My my Schalke player, um, I also chose one, is uh, <laughs> a little bit biased, but Jean Claire Tadibo, the um, on loan center back from Barcelona at Schalke. Um, the, I, I chose him bias aside mainly because he has such a high ceiling, and I've seen him play at Barcelona, and I think he's an absolutely wonderful center back but I don't think he's really gotten his chance to shine so far. And he's, he's had a couple of good spells and moments at Chaka this season since he's been on loan, but he really hasn't like been able to completely show his true colors um, and, and how good he really is. I think he just needs consistent game time for that. And he is seriously, seriously a good player. He, he reminds me a little bit of Varane, but with better, better ball playing ability. Um, and and I I really do High think praise, yeah no yeah I 100 percent think that he can he can reach that level, 
Um, so, so we'll just have to see. I, I'm very interested to see how he performs this weekend. Uh, I believe he will start, uh, but it, it, yeah, I, I want to see him get a couple of games. In. That's that's the goal. Yeah, well, if those are two players on Schalke that I mean, we'll both get a very good uh, look at the, on Saturday. And I'm looking forward to Bundesliga being back. So, like we said, sports being back and being able to start start the weekend with um, a pretty good looking game on on paper. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited for football to be back. It's it's back, and I'm a happy man. Uh, yeah, I can't really complain too much about that. So I just can't wait till La Liga comes back and I get to watch Messi. Then then we're in business. Then we're back to normal. But yeah, we I can't see. wait till I can't wait till the Premier League comes back and I get to watch Ross Mark. Again, what is, dude? What has got into you this week? Sorry, you have a problem with that? What's what's so funny? <laughs> Never mind. I'll let I'll let that slide. I'm not even going to go into that. But uh, with that, I think we've wrapped up all the Bundesliga preview talk that we had. So enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football that is coming back, and we will talk to you guys very soon.